God's word is God's tool to prepare God's people for life and ministry. May God bless and equip you for exploits in his kingdom, even as you listen in Jesus' name. Amen. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Oh, Father, we come to you again. And I'm very excited, actually, Lord, because I'm excited at the opportunity to, to renew my vows as I study your word and as I look at these principles. Lord, it's, it's exciting me on the inside because I know that these are things that are things of life for marriages, things that, that will uphold and sustain and preserve. And Lord, as I share your word, may they be real even to my life in the name of Jesus. 1 Samuel chapter 20, we continue the study looking at uh, Jonathan and David. Now, look at verses, the last test of relationship was test of relationship number six, renewing your vows. Renewing your vows. Test of relationship number seven is take the flack for the other. Now, what is flack? Flack is take the beating, take the punishment, take the shame that belongs to your spouse. You know, one of the signs of true love is that something that is coming to hurt your spouse, you, you stand in the way. You take the pain that was due to the other. You take the pain that is due to the other. First Samuel chapter 20 verses 30. Then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan. And he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's kindness? I mean, that is such a strong word. You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. He was abusing both him and abusing his wife and his mother. Why? Because uh, uh, Jonathan was willing to take a stand for David. When you take a stand for your spouse, honestly, the enemy will fight you. The enemy will come against you. Part of your duty is to take the flack for your spouse. Take the flack is going to connect to the next principle. The punishment that is due to your spouse. The shame that is due to your spouse. 
what people want to pour on your spouse. You step in and take it. You step in and take it. Don't be shy. Jonathan was standing for David in the presence of his father. And I really want to, maybe I should just connect it to principle number eight. Alright, let me join seven and eight together. Eight is openly defend your beloved. You see, when you openly defend your beloved, you will take flack. People will hit at you. One of the things that I believe is my commitment to my wife for life is to defend her. Listen to me, friends. You must never be ashamed to defend your spouse. Do you know that even if your spouse is wrong, you can correct him in in private, but don't correct him in public. Don't correct your spouse in public. Now, that does not mean if you're in an office setting and maybe you are speaking to all the staff in the department, maybe your spouse should have submitted a report and she didn't submit a report or he didn't submit a report, then you are showing open preferential treatment. No, that's not what I mean. All right, when it comes to work, everybody should perform what they should do. But I'm saying when people come to attack your spouse, when people come to speak negative about your spouse, woe beside you to sit still and somebody is speaking evil about your spouse. Your eyes should become red. You should begin to vibrate. It is not cool to sit down and somebody is speaking evil. Even my leaders, I will not be silent if they spoke evil of my spouse. Because by the time they know that this man will not accept it, they will stop speaking evil of my spouse in my presence. When people feel that you are a toothless bulldog, you're a snake without a venom, you're a dog who cannot bite, then they can wash down your spouse. Because this one, she won't say anything. You are there and they are washing down your husband. And you are just there. Do you know, it takes boldness to stand up and say, excuse me sir, all due respect, I don't find it um, nice the way you are speaking about my husband. You know, people say, ah, what is wrong with this woman? Are you not afraid? No, I'm not afraid. I am ready to get into trouble for my spouse. Test of relationship number seven and eight is be willing to take flack. Be willing to be maligned. Be willing to be ashamed or cast down, shamed. Be willing to be, to be, to be smeared, to be laughed at. To be a mocking stock. Be willing to be pulled down for the sake of your spouse. Be willing. 
because you are willing to make a defense. Look at verse 30 in the New Living Translation. It says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore. Can you imagine? The father is speaking to the son. You stupid son of a whore. Why? Because he defended David. It's not a bad prayer. May people abuse you. Because you defend your spouse. May you consider it an honor. And a privilege. That you suffered. Malignment. Negative talking. Because you stood up for your spouse. It's a privilege friends. Don't be that shy person. Who stays in one corner and says. My leader is the one saying this. I dare not speak up. Because he's my leader. No. Now let me balance that a bit. If your husband or your wife. Has done something wrong. Deserving of rebuke, and he's being rebuked, be silent. All right, just to give a balance. If he was supposed to come to work at eight and he came at nine and he didn't explain why, and his leader is rebuking him for that, be silent because he deserves to be rebuked. She deserves to be rebuked. If she wrote a report and that report was full of grammatical and spelling mistakes and her leader is rebuking her at a meeting in public be silent because she deserves to be corrected that is different from when your spouse is innocent and there is character assassination going on when the person is being torn down being a mocking stock off for something they did not do and you know this person is just taking advantage to wash your spouse down. Stand up and fight. And take the flag. Do you know that? Oh, and I don't say this with any kind of pride. I say this with a lot of humility in my heart. That my wife knows. She knows that I will fight for her. And my children know. Sometimes they'll say, hmm, when daddy come, you will see. You know? They will say it, you know, in school. Say, hmm, this principle, if I tell my daddy. Because they know that the father is going to fight for his family. It is the height of weakness to watch your family being torn down. And in the name of spiritual gentility, you keep silent. That is foolishness. The test of your love is you are willing to step into the battle ring and take some punches. Take some punches for your spouse. That is the sign of love. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. In fact, sometimes my wife wants to speak up in a meeting where I just hold her hand. I say, shh, 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 shh. Because I can see she's about to say, mm, 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 mm. 
was somewhere in a meeting and some people were accusing me falsely saying some horrible things about me and I just sat there and as the spears were hitting me the daggers were hitting me she was just looking at my face she was just looking at my face and God had told me when I was going for that meeting God said don't talk back God said to me don't defend yourself and they were talking it was not true it was a lot of lies and as they were speaking the wounds were getting deeper and deeper and my silence was being taken for weakness and by the way I was the leader of the team and as they were speaking a tear escaped from my eyes because the pain was so deep my wife was looking at me and I could see she wanted to do something I just held her because I told her what God had told me. She was boiling. I just held her hand. I just held her. And when she wanted, I just hold, squeeze her hand a little bit more. I just squeeze her hand. What I was saying was, be quiet. And when they had finished speaking, God told me to apologize to them. God told me to apologize to them. I was glad she was willing to fight. It was me saying, wait, no. If you fight now, you will spoil what God wants to do. God wants to fight for us. So I'm just giving you some, some balance to this. Are you with me? Sometimes you want God may say, mm, 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 mm. just wait, leave it, leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Let me fight for you. Let me do this one. You have to learn to know when God is saying, speak up and defend your spouse. Sometimes God is saying, shh, 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 shh. Your heart is just, shh. Your heart is boiling, shh. Wait, wait, shh. Oh, walking with God is beautiful. But walking with God is painful. You son of a whore. You son of a whore. You shame yourself. And you shame your mother. He told him. Look at 1 Samuel 20, 33. 1 Samuel 20, 33. Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan. Intending to kill him. So at last, Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Take the flag, which means the spear that was aimed for David was also aimed for him. There's a level of love when you defend your spouse. Just like they would hate your spouse, they would hate you. Can I say something? Never allow anybody to love you. Who hates your husband? Never allow anyone love you who hates your wife. 
you accept the love of someone who hates your spouse, then you hate your spouse. You must make it clear that if you hate my husband, you hate my wife, then you hate me. We have become undivided. And don't be ashamed to make people know that. Let people know we are undivided and undividable. What happens to me happens to her, happens to him. We are undividable. Praise the Lord. The spear for David was also the same spear. You know, I'm combining two, right? So if you look at number eight, I said the test of relationship is open defense for your beloved. Look at verse 32. After Saul has said, you whore, you son of a whore, in 32. But why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father, what has he done? Jonathan, are you not afraid? You see, this man is boiling over. Because he sees you are siding with David. Yet, you are not afraid to still openly defend him. See, that's when he took his spear. The same spear aimed for David. Since you want to identify with him so much that you die with him. Oh, true love is when a man is willing to die for his wife. It's not Romeo and Juliet. In reality, if you are not willing to suffer for your spouse, then you are not serious. The arrow that is aimed for your wife. Now, there's a spiritual dimension to that. That's where intercession comes in. When the devil is trying to chew your wife or chew your husband, the intercessor stands in the gap between the fire coming from the enemy and the spouse. You stand in the place of spiritual warfare. You say, before you can touch her, you must touch me. You cannot reach my spouse unless you pass through. There's almost no day that passes. I'm not in the place of intercession for my wife and my children. Because I know that the enemy, when he can't get me, he's aiming for them. Therefore, my job is to stand between the assault of the devil and my family. Take the flak. Take the javelin. Take those arrows. Let it be known in public that this man, this woman, they don't joke with each other. Do you know it may look like it's a wrong principle, but I respect Ananiah and Sapphira. It may look like a bad principle, but they were practicing this thing. What they were saying was, we are one even up to death. They were saying, if we must die, we must die defending one another. Do you know, I'm not teaching you to defend your spouse in something that's wrong. That's not the reason, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that you should be so united in love and oneness 
that what touches one touches the other. Now, there's a place to rebuke each other inside the bedroom. There's a place to correct each other on the inside. But on the outside, be known to stand together. Amen. Be known to stand together. Now, let me end with this clause again. I said, you must know, however, if your husband is wrong and he's being corrected in public, or your wife is wrong and she's being corrected in public for the wrong you know that he or she did, be silent. All right? Be silent because you want to say that I know he deserves to be rebuked in this situation. But you must discern between that and people who want to tear your spouse down or take advantage of them because David was innocent. That's why Jonathan was defending him. If David was evil and wrong, Jonathan would not defend. That's why Jonathan said, what has he done? Do you see that? Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Oh Lord, hear our prayer. Oh Lord, we've put two things together. Lord, on this journey of marriage, may we not be hiding away when our spouse is being battered in the public ring. May we not hide behind the door. May we not hide under the blanket, peeping behind the pillow while our husband or wife is facing the fire in the public arena. Teach us what it means to step out. Teach us what it means to take the risk. Teach us what it means to step into the ring and to say, beat me as well. Beat me as well. If you hit her, you must hit me. If you beat her, you must beat me. Oh God, give us the heart of fighting. To fight to defend. To fight to support. To fight for the sake of love. For the sake of love. Give us courage to do this. Take away fearfulness. Cowardice. Deliver us from cowardice. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray.